Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. More than 11,000 incidents of harassment, discrimination, and hate crimes against members of the nation's Asian American and Pacific Islander communities were reported in the last two years. That's according to a new report out by a California-based research and advocacy group. KQED's Nina Thorson has more. The group Stop AAPI Hate collected the data released today from people in all 50 states from March of 2020 to March of 2022. These were reports made by the people on the receiving end of the abuse, not filtered through law enforcement or other official agencies. That's significant because the majority of the incidents would not have been classified as hate crimes, and some not even crimes at all. Things like verbal harassment, racial slurs, yelling, spitting. Stop AAPI Hate co-founder Cynthia Chase says these are harmful because they make it harder for people to live in their communities without fear. This includes our right to go about our daily lives, go to the grocery store, walk on the streets, take public transit. Chase says defining hateful behavior as significant only if it results in an arrest won't stop bad behavior that's not illegal. So we're actually not doing enough to address root causes of racism and to prevent these incidents from happening in the first place. California had the largest reported number of incidents, not surprising given the size of the overall population and the AAPI communities. Cynthia Chase says it's also a reminder that the Golden State has a long, bleak history of racism. This was the center of the anti-Asian movement, um, where we had elected officials exploit times of fear or economic crises, including um, public health crises where our community was scapegoated, profiled, was subjected to uh, mob violence, which is why you're seeing a series of cities and localities making formal apologies. Chase says another way of addressing that history, $156 million California appropriated a year ago to address anti-Asian hate could be a model for the rest of the U.S. For The California Report, I'm Nina Thorson. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is urging the federal government to step up its response to monkeypox. KQED Politics Editor Scott Schaefer has more. 
In a letter to Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra, Pelosi said the slow federal response to monkeypox is leaving health care providers with massive wait lists and telephone hotlines overrun by desperate callers. She noted that while the San Francisco Department of Public Health has requested an additional 35,000 doses of the vaccines, only a fraction of that has been delivered so far. Pelosi, who was first elected early in the AIDS epidemic, said the LGBT community is currently disproportionately affected by the virus and once again facing stigma and fear. State officials plan a press conference in Los Angeles Wednesday to ramp up pressure for faster government response to the epidemic. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer in San Francisco. Bay Area representatives Jackie Speer and Barbara Lee, both Democrats, were among 17 members of Congress arrested Tuesday in Washington, D.C. They were protesting outside the U.S. Supreme Court over the court's recent decision overturning the landmark ruling guaranteeing the right to an abortion. In a statement, Speer said she had never been arrested before, but that, quote, people must continue to speak out and be arrested so that people of color and poor patients aren't left to bleed out from common complications applications that medical providers are too scared to treat because of the threat of litigation. U.S. Capitol Police said they arrested 35 people in total for crowding and obstruction of public spaces. The civil disobedience was met with a brief detention and a fine. Representative Lee has spoken publicly about getting an abortion as a teenager, while Speer in 2011 spoke on the floor of Congress about having one after a miscarriage. Health insurance premiums sold through the state's healthcare marketplace, Covered California, will be going up next year. The increase, says Covered California, will average about 6%, although premium costs will vary widely from region to region. What's responsible for the premium hikes? Well, like so much else, you can blame inflation, as well as people using more medical services as pandemic fears ease. And federal subsidies for insurance coverage are also expected to expire later this year passing more of the costs of coverage to the insured. That, says Covered California, could price over 200,000 people out of getting insurance. Health officials are expanding their criteria for who can get a monkeypox vaccine. In Los Angeles County, some high-risk people can now sign up for the shots online. From KPCC in Pasadena, here's reporter Jackie Fortier with more. The monkeypox shots are still in short supply, but eligible people can be added to the waiting list on the L.A. County Public Health website. We really want to be guided by our data, and the evidence hasn't shown that this is among women at this point. Dr. Andrea Kim is with the L.A. County Department of Public Health. So we're really focusing on, you know, where our known risk factors are, and that is gay or bisexual men and transgender persons. Cases have more than doubled in the last two weeks in L.A. County to 120. So far, no one in L.A. County has been hospitalized or died from the virus. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Apple is abusing its market power with its Apple Pay service. That according to a proposed class action lawsuit filed in federal court in San Jose this week. KQED's Rachel Myro has more from our Silicon Valley desk. 
The complaint by an Iowa-based credit union is just the latest antitrust battle for the Cupertino-based tech giant. This lawsuit accuses Apple of ensuring its devices exclusively use its mobile wallet to make contactless payments. That's a monopoly, the complaint says, allowing Apple to charge card issuers for a service they get free on Android devices. The plaintiffs claim Apple is violating the Sherman Act, noting the company has come under fire in recent years from European regulators for much the same thing. No comment yet from Apple. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Myro. Pursuing higher education can create a lot of money headaches for students, especially when they have to pay for expensive textbooks every semester or quarter. Although state lawmakers announced last year that they were carving out money to provide relief, community college students are still waiting to receive promised free textbooks. In Los Angeles, KCRW's Danielle Chiraguayo has more on the bureaucratic logjam that's holding up the state funding. $115 million were approved and set aside by Governor Gavin Newsom and California lawmakers last summer. But those funds still haven't reached the state's community college students. That's because the money is currently stuck in the Chancellor's Office for California's community colleges. And staffing shortages are partly to blame. California's community college's vice chair Paul Feist tells KCRW the lack of a fully fleshed out plan has also put the brakes on dispersing the funds. He says there's a need to be thoughtful in the design and implementation of the investment. However, the program is scheduled to move forward within the next month. So what will the rollout look like? According to EdSource, interested colleges will need to fill out an application, and then the college system will track whether the free textbooks are positively contributing to student success. On average, California students can spend upwards of $1,000 on textbooks per semester, a hefty price tag for community college students. And when community colleges charge about $45 per course, some students end up paying more for their books than the classes themselves. For the California Report, I'm Danielle Chiriguayo. California's trees are dying at an alarming rate, and this loss is posing a direct threat to one of the state's climate change solutions. KCRW's Megan Jamerson has more. California's forests are not keeping up with large, devastating fires. That's according to a new report out of UC Irvine, which says the number of trees has dropped almost 7% since 1985. And within just the South Coast region, 14% of trees are gone, perhaps permanently. But it's not just the wildfires. The state's ongoing droughts are getting worse due to the environmental stress of climate change, and they are making it difficult for forests to recover. The loss of trees, according to the report, will directly affect the state's ability to naturally capture and store emissions from burning fossil fuels. For the California Report, I'm Megan Jamerson. As we warily prepare for what might be another devastating wildfire season in California, many communities are dealing with the aftermath of past blazes. It's been almost two years since the state's massive creek fire destroyed nearly half of the homes in one tight-knit mountain community in Fresno County. KVPR's Alice Daniel takes a look back. Stephanie Waite and her husband Toby raised four children in Big Creek, a tiny town in the Sierra Nevada built around a hydroelectric plant. Toby was principal of the small elementary school. Stephanie was a teacher. Big Creek really was idyllic, Stephanie says, but that changed over Labor Day weekend. What we felt and and what we had as a Big Creek family kind of disappeared that day when the fire came through. The fire was swift and huge, taking out 41 homes and two entire streets. 
While most of the town evacuated on the early morning of September 5th, some men stayed behind. For a few hours, no one knew if they'd made it out. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to know, you know, eight widows. But everyone survived, a fact that Stephanie says helps her family continue to get through the trauma of losing their home. For the rest of that year, the waits drove up every day from Fresno to work. Stephanie recalls one rainy day coming into Big Creek. And there's just nothing, just gloom and burnt trees. And um, I just, you know, Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.